This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Welcome to Don't Let This Flop, a podcast about internet culture brought to you by Rolling Stone. Where two smart people talk about the dumbest shit that happened online this week. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm EJ Dixon. So earlier this week, my co-host EJ Dixon and I were joined by two stars from one of our favorite reality shows, The Circle. For fans of the show, Delisa and Trevor are at this point reality TV royalty. Delisa appeared on season two catfishing the other contestants as her husband Trevor. Trevor then returned in the Just Wrapped season four, this time catfishing his family friend Imani. Delisa, as Trevor, won the grand prize in season two, successfully fooling all the other contestants. Trevor, as Imani, did almost as well, making it to the top two. As Circle superfans, EJ and I were absolutely thrilled to have the pair on our show, and this juicy, spoiler-filled convo ended up being much longer than we had anticipated, so we decided to do something fun and give you all a special bonus episode of Don't Let This Flop. So here's the reality power couple giving us the scoop on all the drama we did and didn't see from both their seasons. So Trevor, how did you actually get on the show with that? So I kind of had to just jump through all the hoops that everybody else does. I applied, uh, I had some interviews, and then luckily enough for me, they were like, you're in. So the producers didn't approach you? They weren't like, hey, there would be like an awesome twist this season for you to come on? Like you sort of just applied separately? Yeah. Oh, wow. It, yeah, it would have. I mean, that would have been great too. But I think once I did apply, I think I'm pretty sure on their end, like that got their gears turning. You know, they started to kind of figure out how they could use me in the game. Honestly, I don't even think that they was thinking about it. Me and Trevor had this competition at home and it was like, oh, you know, you didn't play me properly. Like I could do better <laughs> and all of this stuff. So I was like, well, if you could do better, then go apply for the show. And he actually filmed an audition video. He sent it in. He still had to go through the interview process because at the end of the day, it's still a show and you have to be able to provide entertainment. You have to be fun to watch. They're not just going to like put him on because he's my husband, you know? <laughs> you mentioned the sort of like complaints of not playing Trevor correctly. Like what were some of the the things that you saw Trevor and Delisa's, I guess, performance of you on the show that were missing or that you, you think she should have added? I thought that there were times when she's having conversations she was like, I'm just like, you've never heard me say that. You've <laughs> never heard me say that before. That's that's not how I talk. I wouldn't have done, you know, I mean, what was that game? The uh, the mannequin challenge. I'm like, why wouldn't you just throw it? Like, oh, yeah. He was, <laughs> I wouldn't know that. Like, you was big just on throw that. it. Uh, so, you know, there were times I'm like, that's just that's not how I would have played it. Like, that's not what guys do. You would have made the game so much easier for yourself had you not done that. I had expected her like we've known each other, been together 15 years. I just I assumed that like she would have had an easier time than she did. And of course, Delisa would like jump down my throat like, oh, if you think you could do better, why don't you go on and try? <laughs> How do you think she handled your flirtation with Chloe? It was sweet. I don't know if like I would have done, I would have said it that way, but you know, it worked. So I guess, you know, no harm done. As long as, as long as it works all good. <laughs> 
totally not how I would have done it. I think I would have, you know, maybe played into a little bit more of maybe not been as sweet. I mean, you obviously you were sort of like a veteran at this from having watched your wife's season. What's the one thing you took from her experience to this season when you first arrived at the circle? One thing that I took was just to be really, really, really prepared. You know, like if you're going to go in as a catfish, you have to have your story like like locked down. So I was like, I'm not going to go in there and be outed because I'm a catfish. Like if I get booted, it's because of just like political reasons. Maybe I didn't make enough relationships. But I was like, if I when I do this, I need to like really, really, really embody Imani, a woman. So I was like, I have to know everything there is to know about being a woman. And I kind of consider ourselves circle scholars. We love the show. We're very big fans of it. And we've noticed that it is virtually impossible to make it to the final five and not be one of the OG cast members who started on day one. But obviously, Trevor, as Imani, you made it to second place, which was such a, a feat coming in so late into the game. Were you considering the fact that you were a latecomer when you made it into the circle? And how did you try to overcome that in building those relationships that many many of which had been established from the very beginning of, of the season? Oh, man. Like, you know, I feel like everybody plans to come into that game as like an original eight. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's like, that's typically how people prepare for it. And that's what I did. I was like, I'm, if I go in, I'm going to be, you know, I'll probably be an original this is how I have to attack the game from like jump street. And then when I wasn't, I was like, Oh, okay. You know, it's really hard for like, traditionally it's really hard for a late comer to win. I was like, all right, what's my game plan going to be? And you're absolutely right. Like I was, I felt the pressure of having to like make these very strong relationships really fast. But what I also realized is that when you come in the game late, the, the advantage you do have is that all of these people have like, kind of gone on this roller coaster of a game. You know, for some people, it's been rough. Some people have had an easier time. But at the end of the day, people are still like, gosh, I just want somebody that doesn't come with any baggage that I can, you know, like, I can kind of start fresh with. So I figured out, like, something like that could work to my advantage. And then just being able to see little opportunities based on the little, you know, like, nicks and cracks and rifts in relationships, you know, because people are still trying to figure out who to trust because, as you can see, things get really cutthroat in that game. So I was like, why don't I just use that to my advantage? You know, just kind of be whatever certain people need me to be. And I think like if I can do that, if I can do that well, I can get to the finale. How did that work for you? Like what's an example of of a weakness in a relationship that you tried to exploit? So the a, a perfect example was when after Yuling's drawing uh, in the portrait mode. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Even before that. Um, you know, I think it was a time when Yu Ling made a choice to save Brew. And I think it, it had gotten Rachel to like really question how tight her relationship was with Yu Ling. And then I was like, oh, I see this as an opportunity to maybe surpass Yu Ling in Rachel's eyes. Mm. You know, so Rachel, Rachel, yeah, she came to me after uh, a blocking and she was like, I'm kind of feeling a little nervous as to like how I stand in Yu Ling's eyes. Like, would she? You know, I don't know if she would fight for me. Um, and she was just looking for a friend, like somebody that she could trust. And she felt comfortable enough with me, with Imani, especially after that that fun girls chat we had. I was like, this is perfect. You know, this is exactly what I needed. And I think for me, that was a really big step in the game because 
Rachel really started to put Imani high on her ratings list after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think with both of you, one thing that it seems like was also so helpful to your games, especially as Catfish, were being able to embody this like character without getting to like you, you both remember that it was a game. So like what, what sort of like, I mean, Delisa, I'm curious, like not having the experience of someone who in your house that's been through it before, like what was your preparation for embodying like, like Trevor and feeling comfortable enough in your skin to like, be like, I'm doing this thing and becoming this other person. Yeah. I mean, like, well, my thing is I never forgot the reason why I did what I did, you mm-hmm. know, like, I mean, and you can just see, obviously, in the beginning of season two, right at the beginning, like the girls just started coming for each other. Um, and I think I took that with me along the ride. And it was very much so like, OK, what would a guy do in this situation? Like there was a, a time when Lance asked me, well, I guess he came in or well, Lisa, whatever. And she was like, yeah, like what's been going on? Tell me like what happened with these girls, like the drama. And I was like, man, I mean, you just hear me like this was me talking to myself in the apartment. I'm like, guys don't get in girl, girl <laughs> drama. Like I'm not about to tell this girl what happened. Like, I don't even know what happened. Like, I don't even care what happened. Like that's how guys think, you know, and I had to keep remembering like, you know, I'm a guy and, and it's for a good reason. And I'm going to keep playing this part to the very end, because obviously if I'm outed, I'm going to get out. the <laughs> Like they're going to just block me. You know, it was just me making sure I make it to the end and I do what I got to do. So I can't blow my cover. I'm, I'm so, I'm just too competitive to like, like if, if I commit to something, I'm, I'm pulling through. <laughs> so I, I question though. Was it like really hard to fight back? Just wanting to have that kind of like gossipy girl chat with Lance? Oh, it was so, oh no, not with that. Not with Lance, honestly, because I knew, I knew that I wasn't talking to the real Lance, right. but I couldn't, I couldn't imagine who it was behind the scene. And I couldn't, because I couldn't imagine who it was. I automatically didn't really feel like I had a connection to them. So I didn't really, it was all just like play like, Hey, let's play a basketball game. Like, Hey, uh, I don't think they showed it, but me, Lance and river had a group chat and we was just like cracking jokes. It was nothing serious. It was just like fun. So I never took Lance serious like that, but there were other times that I'm like talking to, I don't remember who I spoke to, like, uh, cat maybe like another girl and i was just like oh my god i just want to have like girl talk <laughs> but i couldn't do it oh maybe chloe yeah like i just couldn't do it you know and i'm just like god damn i want to find out what happened i'm like <laughs> oh, i'm a man i'm a man men don't do that we got to keep going so um it, it was hard internally but at the end of it all for me it was like what's the bigger picture i came to do a job and i'm gonna get it done <laughs> To that end, like, what's a con? This is for both of you. Like, what's a conversation that was edited out of the show that you wish had been aired? Oh my gosh, it was a couple. I feel like, for the most part, all of mine got got were in there, with the exception of one. So there was one um, with ever myself, Everson, and Nathan, and it was like after the chat that we had with Brew when we played that game, and it was very much like the exact same way that it went for brew. So like Nathan in that conversation, you can tell like Everson got to the, like the playful flirting banter right away. And then it was like, all right, now Nathan's here as a third wheel. So, I mean, that was pretty funny. That was a really funny conversation. And then it got, it got pretty serious. Like he started to, I mean, he made it all up, which should be no surprise. I mean, the guy played a really strategic game, but he was making up like all these things from, Nathan's life 
um, to really try to connect with us. You know, at that point, in my mind, I was like, I was reading, I'm like, I don't believe any of it. I don't believe you, but we'll go with it, you know? But I think even then I was giving aspects of, you know, my own life, trying to relate. Uh, so, you know, that was one that they did not show. Um, and then also there were times when I had some conversations with other folks where they did edit um, some parts of it out. I'm trying to remember. All right, let me spill the tea because I haven't, I feel like, Nobody asked me this and I never shared this with anybody other than Trevor. So <laughs> um, there was a conversation that I had with Courtney right after um, Savannah was blocked. And Courtney came to me and Courtney was like, hey, like we was just talking and he like the first thing he can't like he was it was like, how you doing? Like, you know, like just small talk. And then it was very then it was like quick. Hey, uh, Savannah told me that she was really close to you. So I'm basically, she asked me to make sure like you're good, like to watch out for you for the rest of the game. And I promised her that I would. So they never showed that. And I wish they did because it would make more sense. When the influencers go to the hangout, there was a time when Courtney was there with River and they was deciding who to block. And River was, he told me he was adamant. Like he was trying to get me out. Like that's it. Like no conversation. Trevor's gone. But he said, you know, when he said my name, Courtney was like, nope, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. And I remember when the show came out, a lot of comments was like, why did Courtney save Trevor like that? Because at that point, nobody had saw that me and Courtney actually had that conversation. So nobody understood why he was so gun-ho about saving me. That was one conversation. Then I had a really funny conversation with Kat. It was actually super hilarious. And if people saw that, they would have been like, oh my goodness, like you are such a guy at heart because I was flirting with Kat. This was like, <laughs> but I guess they didn't show it because obviously like I have my whole love thing with Chloe, but I was kind of flirting with Kat, but not flirting with her. Like I was doing what guys do, like they be flirting. So it was a really, really funny conversation because Kat is hilarious and we was kind of like just getting on each other. And then last but not least, I'm sorry, I know you guys want to continue, but I'm just like so excited. To, no, like, I love this. <laughs> this, is, this, is am- this is amazing for this us. This is exactly what we wanted. <laughs> so, I was so excited to go back to, to my, like, mm-hmm. you know, my past in the circle. And I had a conversation with River Lee and he was one of our first conversations. It was like the first, I don't know if it was, I think it was the first day in the circle. They just had a girls chat and this was before Savannah was blocked and it was, they was all discussing. Apparently he came to me and he was like, Hey Trevor, what's up, dude? Like, I just want to let you know, it was right after ratings. He's like, I just want to let you know that the girls, they all had a, a group chat and they started talking about you. And apparently they all thought that you're a catfish. And I was like, Oh really? That's interesting. And then he goes, yeah, I thought that was interesting too because you was you was number three in the ratings. So I don't understand like how all of a sudden you're number three, but they all thought you were a catfish, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just giving you a heads up. And the whole time I'm having this conversation with him, I'm like, why are you coming back to me? Immediately, I was like, first of all, this is the first thing you say to me. This is gossip. And then you're telling me a secret. Somebody confided in you. So like to get ahead of the game and then like his first, thing was like, I got your back. So for me, I'm just like, okay, I definitely don't trust you. Even though you came at me, like you came to me with information about me, like I halfway appreciate it because I like, I know you're only telling me so that I could be loyal to you. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to be loyal to you because you're not loyal to somebody who was loyal. You know what I mean? Like, anyway, they didn't show that conversation, which I wish they did because that would make more sense as to really why me and him was kind of 
head to head because Mm -hmm. he came at me with that information and I never, ever gave him like a piece of me. Like all our conversations was basically surface level. It was playful. We never got deep because I didn't trust him. And I think he felt that on the other end. And we just, I guess, assumed we each other were catfish and we just was like, just coming for each other. So like they never show that. And if they show that it would make so much sense as to why we basically was bumping heads through like the entire game. And and it's interesting because like, and I don't want to cut you off, but like, you know, as I know there were a lot of people wondering like, what did Imani do? Like, yes, I, I think I played a really good game as far as like convincing people that I was a woman. No, but I think like the game is all about making connections yeah. and like really genuine ones. And like my conversation with Frank, you know, these conversations go on for a very long time. You know, the public only sees a very small snippet of it, but like we talked for a while and we got into some deep stuff. And that's another reason why I said what I said. I was like, just because my picture is a woman, I feel everything and it's really hard not to. And it's really hard to not give yourself in those conversations, because especially if you care about people, which I do. So those parts of my conversations, a lot of you guys did not see, you know, which is like, if you did see it, I think it would make more sense as to how I was able to get to second place, you know, at the end of it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm sort of curious. I've noticed that no woman, well, Delisa, you won, obviously, but you weren't, you were playing as a man, but yeah. no, no woman ever playing as a woman or no man ever, you know, yeah. playing as a woman has ever won the circle. And I'm wondering, like, Trevor, did you feel like you were at a strategic disadvantage by playing a woman? And Delisa, did you feel like you were at an advantage by playing a man? Like, do you think it is truly harder for women to win the circle? And if so, why? I do think it's a disadvantage because that's why I chose to go in as a guy. And that just ties into what I've experienced throughout my life. Like, you know, you just get dragged into drama. Like people, I don't know what it is about (laughs) about females. Like it's not even necessarily like saying, oh, all females are catty. It's just like, maybe we just give more as far as like talking wise, like maybe we just talk too much and then it backfires. Like I honestly, I can't pinpoint exactly what it is. Maybe we think we take things too serious uh, more than a, a guy would take things serious. I really cannot pinpoint, but I just know based off of my life experience is that I'm always dragged into something like, you know, you're forced to kind of like try to choose size or you just always dragged Mm -hmm. into something and i think that is always just the downfall when it comes to a game like this they say it's the most popular player but it's it's really the person that can how do you say it i guess like not it's not the word connect build these strong relationships with people where that they they don't question you if that makes sense kind of i don't know how to fully explain what i'm thinking (laughs) so go ahead well i think Traditionally, yeah, it was one of my biggest worries about going into the circle as a woman and this bet 
you know, when she was like, you're going to play a woman, I was like, oh, man. Because for that reason, like, women have had a more difficult time in the circle. You know, even when they've tried to start out being like, like, as this united front, right? Hashtag girl game. And then in the same episode, there was no girl game, you know? It's like, dang, why is it so difficult? And instead of trying to figure out the why, I was like, well, look, what? I was like, all I know is like, I have to present someone that is strong, someone that is put together well, someone that that presents a person that like, I'm not really about the BS. You know what I mean? Um, I want to connect with the women in this game. But if, you, if you're going to be the type of person that like is going to be stirring up stuff and drawing, like that's that's not what I'm about. Uh, I wanted to come across as, you know, just like what I can imagine. Like when I look at Delisa, like the type of person I see, that's what I wanted to come across as. Like she doesn't like she does. She's not she's not about it. She doesn't play it. So I was like, she can succeed in this game. So I was like, why don't I just use that angle? Um, which is which when like watching it back, you know, Rachel's like, Imani's so strong. And then and I was like, that's perfect. Like, that's what I wanted to come across as. It was important to me from like a, a strategic standpoint to connect with the women in the game. And that's why you saw, I was like, it was very important for me to have that girl chat with, you know, you Ling and Rachel. I didn't want to ruin my chances by stirring up drama with the women because traditionally women in the game have been pretty cutthroat. Well, okay. So my thing is like, not like now we're talking about society in general and women um, because this game is, it's a social game. Right. Mm. And it ties back to what's going on in real life and society. And I'm going to just use your season as an example. And this is like not me trying to, I guess, stir the pot. This is just what I see. So I feel like when Rachel was blunt, you know, because we see comments like, you mm-hmm. know, like people comment about the show and we see how people talk about us and perceive us. I noticed a lot of people was very much so like, oh, you know, like we don't we don't really like that. Like they didn't really like that about mm-hmm. her. You they call, know, they call her in the pot. They called her, exactly, they called her stirring the pot, but it's like, she's not being fake, she's, you know, being real. But if it was a guy that said those things, I do feel like people wouldn't blink an eye. I think that it would have just been just, like, they just would have passed over it. And I also, and that brings me to the next point of your season, what happened with, um, was it the antivirus? And Brew saved... Who did Bruce say? Carol instead of Mama Carol instead of Alyssa. But then when Yuling saved Nathan instead of Alyssa, everybody went on Yuling and they got on her. And I I do get why part of it, but I feel like they didn't hold Brew to the same standard. And it's like, to me, that's kind of not fair. And that's where it comes to is like, are you harder on her because she's a woman and she should have saved another female? Like, I just feel like I don't know what it is, but society is harder on women in general. And like we can listen, we can go all day about that. Why are you guys coming at her? Like, why did she get the short end of the stick there? Like, I don't understand that. But to me, it's because she's a female. She really had a she had a tougher game. Like, as far as the women in the game are concerned, she had the toughest time. Yeah. I think she got the most scrutiny for the decisions that she made. And like I personally, like in watching it, I'm like, I don't agree with it. Like in being in the game, I was like, oh, you sure about that? Whereas you know, nobody else like she and she was doing the things that she thought was right. Whereas like Nathan on the other side had a tougher time, but he was also like he embodied the whole like I'm going to be a snake thing, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't think Yuling intended on 
cutting, you know, like cutting but, any throats. Right, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Okay, you okay. intended on cutting any throats, you know, not at all. Whereas, you know, I think the other guys didn't have to necessarily worry about any negative backlash for the. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's she. What, that's what I she so that's what I'm saying. I'm agreeing. She, with you. Thank you, thank you. Because yeah, he he went in to be to play this game and be. I don't know, but the. He just he just wanted to be like the nice guy. Nice guys win. He wanted to be a nice guy, but not be a nice guy on the back end. But Yuling was just just being herself. I have a question about the relationships that develop. Like, obviously, you both mentioned in those conversations that we aren't seeing like these are going on for a long period of time. And I imagine that, you know, living in isolation and this is your connection with other people is having these chats like the relationships do develop and they become really intense but obviously you're playing other people during that like what what was it like when you leave the show and um sort of have to reintroduce yourself to people that you've been spending weeks building these intimate kind of conversations and relationships and and alliances with what are those relationships like post-show luckily for my cast we're all really tight i'd say which is nice you know when you play a which is the, the beauty of the circle honestly because when you play a competition game you're playing for money and there's only one winner, you know, you come out of it at the end and everybody's friends. Like, I think that's, that's pretty profound, but you know, for, for me specifically, I think what you saw is, you know, I have a good relationship with Frank, good relationship with Rachel, um, you know, in the games and, and, and Everson, you know, but so with that being said, like, those are the people that I find that I probably talk to the most following the show, but even within that, like I talked to other people that like I didn't talk to on the show really at all. Like I didn't have a one-on-one with Brew. Uh, I didn't have a one-on-one with with Nathan. So, you know, those are those are two guys that like once you once you leave the show, you kind of have to start to get to know. But at least in this way, you don't really have to worry about the pressures of the game to get to know them. It's like it's able to just be really organic. Um, and you already have a common denominator in that you went through this experience together. You know, so you just already have something to build off of. You don't have to worry about breaking the ice. So I feel like those two guys I had the least communication with in the game. But um, I find that, like, I've really built a strong relationship with the two of them post-show. Being a catfish, like, people think, you know, like, people's going to see you at the end of it all and, like, hate you. Or, like, you're just not going to, you know, have have these relationships. But throughout the game, you know it's an experience that most won't understand or even fully grasp because they're not there. Like, yeah, you guys know about it, but actually being there and not being able to talk to anybody else and going through this emotional roller coaster and trying to win this money and not being around your family. When you have these conversations, it's real. You know, you see us crying. Those are real tears. You see us happy and jumping and laughing that's all real. You know, we're sharing part of ourselves with the other person. And when you leave the show or when you meet at the end, you still remember that, you know, you still can talk to that and you still have that connection. So I feel like just in general, you know, not just season four, most seasons, like we're all pretty cool with each other because we were able to share pieces of ourselves, even as a catfish, you know, they understand the name of the game like you know it's the circle people come in they catfish and at the end of it all you know you meet each other and you decide you want to be cool or not and most of the time everybody is cool we're one big happy family 
Most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's wild to me. Like, I think it's actually one of the reasons why I like the show so much is because like, like for the most part, you guys just seem like genuinely good people. And like, I would be so mad if somebody did what Nathan, what, what Alex did to me, like during portrait mode, like I was like sitting at home being like, how could they like, like this guy after this? Like, how could everybody just be like, cool. But it seems like everybody just like gets along for the most part. Because you, you got, you know, you know, you got to remember it's a game, you know, like you come in and people are going to do what they want to do. And it's just, you know, it's just a picture. Like, it's not really, to, I mean, in my opinion, at least, like, it's not really anything like super hateful, you know, like you're not like coming for something like super serious, you know, like it's just, of course, like the game is to make people have doubt in other players so that you can get ahead. Like it's strategy is you got to expect that. And I think coming in and we all know that. And like, and I mean, we've all, the nature of that game is, I think, especially if you're a catfish is like, you have to make some some decisions and some of them are revolving around a lie. Even with it, with that in portrait mode, you know, like he stuck to his guns, like he took a shot and, you know, I'm, I'm and knowing the type of person that Alex is, you know, I'm sure he apologized a million times after that. Yeah. For, for all the emotional roller coasters you watch people go through, I feel like I felt him a lot. You know, like I felt like he, him going, like his stress I constantly felt stress watching him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, like this guy is under like intense pressure <laughs> to win this game. Only placed on, only put on, you know, himself. I get it. You know, I can totally understand Nathan Alex and the decisions that he made because he was he really, 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 really wanted to win. We have a question about the hashtags that are used in the game. Does everyone invent the own hashtags or are these producer hashtags? No, you come up with your own. (laughs) But do they tell you to use hashtags? Like, it just seems like so inorganic. (laughs) It's so funny because everybody thinks that, but but no, they don't. I think it's like, you know, we're like watching, we watch the show. Yeah. Like, and then like, we know we're talking to each other. I mean, for me, okay. So for me, I use hashtags because I felt like it was a shorter way for me to get what I want to say across Mm -hmm. without having to draw it out because these conversations are, they're so long. You get freaking tired. Like, (laughs) like you're like, no, seriously, like one conversation could be like an hour, two hours. Like you're so tired of like standing there and it's just like hashtag ride to the ride or die to the end. Like, like, now you know, like, listen, I'm going to rock with you. I'm going, I'm going to pick you above everybody. I want to see you at the end of the finale. We're best friends. Like, like that's like 10 sentences in one hashtag. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm. it's just, it's, it's so much easier. And it's like, come in, it's the circle. Like we're talking, you know, through a screen. I feel like that's just, you have to like, like if you don't use hashtags, are you really even in the circle? Oh, Oh, you're like, gosh, man. I'm wondering, like, what, if anything, did catfishing on the circle teach you about the nature of being active on social media in 2022? Mm-hmm. That's a hard question. <laughs> I think every in general, people look at catfish like, what, like, what is wrong with you? Like, why can't you just be yourself or whatever? You know, like when I came into the game, I'm like, oh, it's a game. I expect the catfishes like I'm not going to take it personal. But playing a catfish and still embodying like part of myself in these conversations, I come to realize and then you know the fact that i went in as a catfish for a reason people catfish for a reason and we don't necessarily have to agree with these reasons but for them like that doesn't mean that it's not you know a serious situation for them if if that makes sense like if 
So like for me, like I went in as a guy, you know, like let's say in the real world, I was catfishing on social media as a guy because I felt like so much pressure being a woman, I was going to be judged being drama, you know, just because somebody can look at my situation and say, man, you're being ridiculous. Like just be yourself. Like being yourself is so much better. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's true. Being yourself is so much better, but you don't know the trauma. You don't know what I've experienced in my life to choose me to go that route. You know, like you can't judge me because I'm using a different face because I'm still giving pieces of me. So it's like, I guess that's, that's what my takeaway would be is that catfishes are not always, you know, the bad guys, like, you know, everything they they're doing it for a reason, you know, I think there's definitely like, you know, there's definitely an emotional component to it. You know, even if like somebody's out there, you know, doing it just to not like, even like to be, to be malicious. I think like when you peel back all the layers, it's kind of like, well, like what brought you here? Like who, like what hurt you so deeply exactly. that you needed to do this? Exactly. Um, That's what I'm saying. You know, but, but for me, when I think about like the fact that catfish can have success on this show, mm-hmm. I, I look at it from the other person's perspective. And it's like, I do think that the majority of people want to believe that people are innately good. So like what allows catfish to convince people is just that, you know, they hope that, you know, everything that you're saying to them is true because they start to like you. And I think that hope gets so big, it really clouds your judgment, you know, and you, it makes it very difficult for you to see things that may, may potentially be red flags, you know? So I think that's what helps catfish because like at the end of it, you know, people are like, Oh, I hope you're real. I hope you're real. You know, and like I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that helped me out quite a bit. You know, because like I, I, I would have expected someone to be on to me, at least one person. But I think people believed in Imani and the character and the things I was saying so much so that that's what helped me to be able to convince them. So I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, you know, people, people want to believe, you know, in all the good that they they see in people, or at least you know, through a through a computer screen or a phone or whatever. And they don't even care that you're a catfish at the end of the day. Like that's nobody cared. Yeah. At the, and I and I feel like that says something about the Internet, too, is that like if if, if a narrative or a, a story is good enough, like no one really cares if it's true or not. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's the thing, though. Like most people associate catfish with negative because a lot of people online when they catfish, they're trolling or they're you know, doing not so nice things. <laughs> uh, but the show can, the show basically shows otherwise. Like people also do catfish because, you know, they, for other reasons, you know, as opposed to just wanting to be jerks online yeah. without a face. Yeah. But you also raise a good point when you say like, no one cares at the end, you know, for me as the, you know, idealist want to say like, I just hope it convinces people to want to more, to be themselves more because of like, people are more accepting. Well, I'm trembling. That's that. <laughs> we just got, you just got so deep. Yeah. <laughs> deep here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you both so much. We we were so excited to book this. So thank you for, for doing this. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, thank yeah. you. This, this was fun. You had me bring it back all the way to season two <laughs> and all these conversations. Mm-hmm. No, that was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Hold on, you've been scrolling for way too long now. Maybe you should get some food, get some water, and a 
Thanks so much for listening to Don't Let This Flop. Please share this podcast with someone you love or someone you hate. Either way, we don't care which one. Just no nerds. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Rolling Stone and Cumulus Podcast Network, written and hosted by me, Brittany Spanos, and EJ Dixon. Executive produced by Jason Fine, Bridget Chelsea, and Elizabeth Garber-Paul. And produced by Jesse Cannon, with music by Brian DeMeglio.